0: Welcome to episode two, the series has landed. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the first episode of Making Things podcast. The previous episode, episode zero, was just a quick introduction into what I'm trying to do with this podcast, very briefly. And in this episode, I want to talk to you about the current project that I'm working hard on right now. And that is my talk for DevWorld Conference. DevWorld is a mobile developer conference in Melbourne, Australia. It runs annually and has run for 10 years, this being its 11th year in a row. I spoke at DevWorld last year about ARKit and an introduction to augmented reality. Since ARKit hadn't actually fully released yet at the time, it was a novel talk. And I found it really easy to write just because it was so novel. No one really knew anything about it at the time, and so... There was room to be the expert. This year I'm giving a non-technical talk. I'm talking about Atlas and how I made that app in a week and how I made it to a featured app, the design process that I went through, how I went through continuous releases every single day for a week and how I particip- involved participatory design with my followers on Twitter. I'm finding this talk significantly harder to write mostly because it is non-technical. I've never really done anything like this non-technical before and I'm really struggling with it. Normally I start my talks by building out a slide deck. I'm the sort of person that wants to use 120 slides for a 30 minute presentation. I want perfectly timed jokes delivered with half second displayed slides. This year I'm trying to do something entirely different and I started with a rough outline and then I've been refining and refining and refining that outline over and over again, until I produce the polished talk. I've got past my last outline, and I'm up to the process where I'm actually writing words. I do like to have a fully finished script, because I find I'm a person who, when I'm giving a talk, has to be on one end or the other end of the scale, insofar as I need to have a full script that I've memorized and can deliver perfectly, or I need to have no script at all and just a couple of dot points, and I make it up on the fly. Anything in between. And I find that I stumble and can't quite get across the point that I'm trying to make. I sort of fall into this category of reading these long dot points, but when I should be using them just to deliver ad lib and I can't really do the ad lib and it doesn't really work out. So for this, I'm writing out a full speech and I've written, truth be told, only the introduction. (laughs) I have three main sections to get through. Um, However, I think that those will be easier to write as I have a good number of notes for those, whereas the instruction and outro I didn't really have any notes for. I sort of understand the process of what I want the story to tell. I want the talk to, to tell this story of Atlas and the ideas that I want to get across as I tell this story. I'm feeling a lot more confident about it now than I was about a week ago, thankfully, as I've just been going through this plan, this outline over and over again, and I found it really good to actually write my outline out by hand. Um, Something that I kind of didn't really think about doing at the start and probably should have started with. The talk itself goes through three main points. It goes through the idea of participatory design, which is the idea of taking design involving all of your stakeholders, but applying that to the modern context of an individual developer. Who are your stakeholders? You and your customers. And who are your customers? Well, in my case, thankfully, the vast majority of my early customers were people who I already knew on Twitter. And so that meant that I could go to them for ideas about design and not just feedback on design, have them actively participate in that design. The second point that I'm talking about is continuous releases. The idea that you should just build one feature and get it out the door and then keep doing that over and over again. There's no reason to build them up just to do one big marketing push. If you're just continuously releasing, you're getting all of the benefits of just always being on the forefront of people's minds rather than letting it lull in perception privately while you work on 100 features and then just releasing all of those at once and people only noticing two of them. And lastly, I'm talking about a good bulk of the talk on CloudKit. Atlas was the first application that I really, truly leveraged CloudKit for, and I found it to be a wonderful, wonderful feature. It's a great feature of iOS, and I wish more apps actually used it. There are pros and cons to it, definitely, and I talk through those, some of those being architectural and some of those being this perceived lock-in, which in some cases is true. And there's also just so many pros to it in terms of account management in terms of storage and the free tier is just phenomenal. I think the talk is going really well, and I was kind of nervous that it was going to take up way too much of my time and not allow me to work on other side projects, but evidently it's still allowing me to work on this side project, the podcast itself. I'm recording this episode before episode zero has been released, mostly because I'm having trouble technically (laughs) with Apple and getting it listed. Um, in podcasts, Connect, the iTunes system. The podcast itself is kind of interesting from a technical standpoint. I didn't really know where to host it, and I didn't want to have to pay someone a whole bunch of money for one of their systems. And I understand that those systems are really quite good, some of them. There is obviously Anchor, which offers a free one, but I didn't want that lock-in, and I thought, let me try something. So I built a, a Jekyll site that compiles out both my website for the podcast, which is at patmurray.co forward slash podcast, and also generates out the RSS feed. All they need to do is just fill out uh, extensive front matter on a post on Jekyll, and it generates out the whole XML. And then I'm actually hosting the physical file, not physical, the, the MP3 files themselves on Backblaze B2, because it's definitely the cheapest cloud storage out there today and has a phenomenal free tier. And secondly, it has a built-in upload interface just on Backblaze's website, which makes it way easier to work with from anywhere on any computer than any of the other ones. Plus, I kind of find AWS's interface to be most horrible and avoided at all costs. It's uh, it's an interesting setup. I hadn't really worked with Jekyll before. Um, Pride Codes, which was a project I worked on last year, which we'll talk about in another episode later, was a Hugo um, statically compiled website hosted on Netlify. And I did think about taking that approach, but ended up going with Jekyll because its base project just seems so simple to work with. Because my base website itself is still handwritten HTML and the Jekyll is just a single folder in that, just the podcast folder. And then using um, some redirects through Netlify's redirect function. I could compile it to a folder and then have just slash podcasts deliver to it, all while being entirely static. It's incredibly fast. After Git push, it's live within mere seconds. And it all just works for free. Um, I find it just a really nice way. The only downside, which I'm yet to solve, and if you have any ideas, is I get no analytics on this podcast. Uh, All of the analytics usually come from reading the headers on requests and Netlify doesn't allow you to see any of that when you're just delivering static content. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to have to pipe the requests for the actual audio file itself through some sort of serverless function on Azure or AWS um, Lambda or functions or whatever Google Cloud's function platform is called, just so I can actually read how many people are downloading this because currently I have or will have when iTunes finally figures itself out, absolutely no visibility into it. But that's a later problem. And in all seriousness it probably only has three people downloading it. And it's myself in three separate apps to check it works. But when it becomes a problem, then it's a problem I can solve later. And as I own this whole platform myself, it'll be an easy problem that if it becomes big enough, I can just migrate off to an actual hosted environment rather than Netlify, and get all of the same benefits that I have today. Along with that, so that's my plan. Uh, I should get back to writing this talk. It's not going to write itself, and I have to deliver it in two weeks. I'm a little, um, a little disappointed to find out that the talk I will be delivering at, at ten past five in the afternoon on the first day. Thankfully, it's not ten past five in the afternoon on the second day. But that's still. A bit uh, unfortunate. I'm not sure I'll have an entirely captive audience, though I could look at that uh, sword the other way and say, thankfully, I don't need to be too impressive as people will probably already be tired and want to attribute it on me if I'm terrible, right? <laughs> Something like that. Well, um, thank you for listening to the first slash second episode of uh, the Making Things podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Pat Murray or get more about this podcast at patmurray.co forward slash podcast. Thanks.